scripture this morning comes from Colossians 3, uh, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, I I pray that you speak through me and when and where necessary in spite of me. And Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, I would like to preach and teach on a sermon entitled, Everything is Everything. Everything is Everything. (laughs) There is some point mid-afternoon on Christmas Day when the ambient noise of the 24-hour A Christmas Story Marathon yields to the noise of buzzers and sneakers on polished hardwood courts as our family gathers around to check out the many NBA games played from afternoon to evening. Now, one of my favorite aspects of the NBA is observing the style of the athletes both on and off the court. There are quite a variety of styles. Sometimes as players get off the bus and walk down the halls, it is more reminiscent of Milan than team sports. Yet when these these athletes come out of the locker room and are introduced onto the court, there is a uniformity. It is in this uniformity of dress that lets us know that this is a Washington Wizard or this is a Boston Celtic. As fans of the NBA, many are drawn, too, to don the colors, jerseys, and paraphernalia as a feeble attempt to, by extension, be a part of their community. Fans even use we as a plural to indicate that they, too, are a part of this community, that they, too, from a first grader on the court in their driveway to a grandfather, desperately wants to be part of the flourishing of their chosen team. In Colossians, one of the epistles attributed to Paul, how we dress is a metaphor for how we strive toward communal flourishing amidst a larger environment. We do not dress for ourselves, but for our community, a community that should be imitators of Christ. It is how we dress that lets others know who we are. If we are God's beloved children, then we have to dress or act in a way that reflects this truth. It is in a more pedestrian sense why we don't see LeBron James suit up in his burgundy Cavs jersey anymore when he is now a Los Angeles Laker. For those gathered then and those gathered uh, this morning, Paul's letter is about how we are to behave in community and as a community. 
Communal adaptation is not blind obedience, but a response to the gifts of Christ offered to us. In another of Paul's epistles, the letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul writes, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Thus, how we dress is a response to the grace that saves sustains and claims us as God's beloved children. It seems appropriate that this passage comes up in the lectionary between Christmas Day and New Year's, for it reads as an answer to two questions often asked at this time of the year. What did you get for Christmas? And what are your New Year's resolutions? We have received the grace of God in the form of a helpless child, And we resolve to imitate the Christ child who is Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. In one fell swoop, Colossians is about both what we are grateful for and how we live out that gratitude. We are invited in these words to both respond to the gift of Christ and to intentionally set our hearts and actions on that which will make us better. One of my favorite reality-esque shows was TLC's What Not to Wear. Perhaps you've seen the show. A person is submitted for their lack of fashion sense by supposed loved ones and taught some tips before being sent off to shop for themselves. The show ends with a makeover and an introduction in front of the loved ones. Now, one of the pieces of wisdom given to most anyone who comes on this show, and I have watched this show for many, many years is this, dress for the body you have, not the body you want. (laughs) Wisdom that is not aspirational, but practical. It is wisdom that empowers that we take stock of the now and work on that, or work with that. The body we have now deserves attention and to be adorned in clothing that accents where we are now, even if we hope for some transformation in the future. In fact, I would imagine that the decisions we make now in dress only prepare us for future transformations to continue to make wise fashion decisions. If we are dressing for today, we will be able to dress for tomorrow. So today, be compassionate because there is someone whose path you will cross that needs to be seen and needs to be heard. So today, be kind. There is someone who needs the generosity or the gesture. So today, be humble, remembering to not flaunt your wealth or status. So today, be meek. Submit not to the world, but to the ways of the triune God, who loves you and desires to permeate every aspect of your life. So today, be patient, for there is something stirring in the world that requires us to wait. Dress for the body you have now. It will only make you more prepared for that body that you are transforming. Because the transformed body will still need to be clothed in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The body we seek to dress is not our own body, but our collective body. Complete with the diversity of all of God's children who too have been called beautiful, and chosen. We enter into this correspondence to the Church of Colossae as the letter has shifted from vice to virtue. We have been told what behaviors not to engage in, 
We have heard what it means to strip off the old life. We, we proclaim it in baptismal vows and assurances of pardon, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, that the old has gone. Perhaps with two more days in 2018, you are thinking about old patterns, maybe even vices that need to go away. I myself have been thinking about how I can put away the old things, and particularly my affinity toward discounted packages of double-stuffed Oreos. For new things like limiting my sugar intake and moderation. It seems like that it might just be a little bit easier to shed off the old skins, the vices of the past, if we knew what we were replacing them with. The virtues described in Colossians are not substitutes and time fillers for the vices that once plagued us. They are behaviors that will transform communities and thereby transform the world. But they are also attributes of Christ. We put on compassion, kindness, humility, patience, and meekness because that is what entered the world on Christmas Day in the stench of a manger. And that is who the Son of God is. It is with those attributes that he will encounter women at wells, the diseased and the demon-possessed, the little children and the crowds who demand food. We are to be because Jesus is. This is the rationale, this is the logic that we are to be because Jesus is, is the foundation of discipleship and of the virtues of beloved community. It is a logic made even more apparent in statements concerning forgiveness. Glancing at this passage in Colossians again and again, I can't help but notice that it seems as if the virtues listed prior to forgiveness only help in giving us fuel to forgive one another. I have a complicated relationship with forgiveness. From being raised to apologize for things I had no remorse for, to a class in seminary entitled Forgiveness and Reconciliation that just made things that much more confusing, to my own seeking of discernment between forgiveness and forgetting. Wherever I am and wherever you are in your understanding of forgiveness, this is true. It is hard. It is hard to ask for forgiveness, and it is hard to forgive. Some actions that we do to each other or have had done to us are vile. But forgive because you have been forgiven through Christ. The old that we have shed off in the sometimes docile and sometimes raging waters of baptism can only be made new because we have have been forgiven by Christ. So as we have been, let us do. We pray it weekly in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us as we forgive others. Forgiveness can be what sets us apart. It is what can leave us shocked and inspired. If you think back to those parishioners at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston or in that Amish community in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who in the face of cruelty and violence chose to forgive. And for a moment it had us, this nation, who would rather fester and plot than forgive and reconcile, both surprised and humbled. And like that clanging symbol of dissonance in Corinthians, we too cannot dress without love. We cannot flourish as a community without love. It is love that is kind. It is love that is humble. 
It is love that is patient. It is love that spurs us to forgive each other. And it is love that allows us to be forgiven. We are privy to what sometimes feels like both the blessing and the burden of being Christ's beloved. Blessed to be the recipients of love and forgiveness of Christ, but burdened by the difficulty of living it out. For there are times that kindness, patience, love, and forgiveness seems like impossible virtues in a world that seeks other means. But today and in this coming new year, we are asked to do it all for the sake of the one who was born, lived, died, and was raised for us. We are called today to strive toward these virtues for the flourishing of this community, that in the midst of a world nipping at our heels to deter us off the path, that we continue to do everything, every thought, every word, every deed, in a grateful response to the one who has already done it all for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.